Thank you for joining us today. The following is a message from North Place Church. Our hope is that it will inspire you, uplift you, and bring you closer to Christ. If you would like to visit the video of this message, visit our website at northplacechurch.com watch. mentioned to some of you that this week we were going to have a living illustration of hope in the midst of struggle. Pastor Scotty has had a burden on his heart for a message today and uh, his family has been battling physically for some time. And I know Scotty, this is the first public presentation he's made in the last few weeks because of a battle with pneumonia. Um, And so he's kind of weak. But I know beyond just the last few weeks Scotty's life and Casey's, their story is a story of hope in the midst of struggle. You'll never hear it out of Scotty's mouth unless he, uh, out of the ordinary, shares some details. But from the time I've known him, he's lived in pain, been through multiple back surgeries, and it's a, uh, an act of faith to stand, to communicate the gospel each time. But his passion to preach um, kind of drives him, his love for you drives him. So this message has a context for a whole life but also in the last few weeks. And so I want you to open your heart. I tried to talk Scotty out of coming because of the family's certain issues, surgeries they've recently had, kids that are um, in cast and immobile and the bouts with pneumonia in their family. I'm like, just stay home, Scotty. He said, Pastor, I really believe God put a heart, a word in my heart for somebody. And I think this is not just coincidence. I think the enemy is fighting us. And so I wouldn't miss this for anything. So I want you to open your heart to what the Lord has to say through Pastor Scotty. Um, and Pastor Scotty, would you come and preach what God's given you today? Would you welcome him? Well, good morning, everyone. <clears throat> Are you glad to be in the house of God today? Yes. Oh, good. Are you glad that you have the person next to you that you're seated next to right now? If not, this would be a good time to fake it right now. Just like, oh, yeah, first pick, first pick. Give them a big smile. Come on, go ahead. Give them a big smile. I tell them, I'm so glad to be seated next to you, made my day, so good to be here. I love your church, what a treat to be back at North Place, I love your pastor. Uh, My wife Casey and I uh, just consider Pastor Brian and Haley to be not only dear friends, but choice servants of God, so we always love being here and just being an extension of what God is doing through. Can you show appreciation and honor to your leadership today, let them know that you love them. Thanks Pastor Brian for letting me come and be here today. Uh, man, God is so, so very good to us. Uh, don't you just feel that even when things are crazy at times, you just have to smile and know that there's a God who is with you and for you and that uh, no matter what you go through, he's more than able. Aren't you thankful for that? Today we're going to be looking at this thought of what it means to have peace in the midst of a storm. Peace in the midst of of a storm. And unless I miss my guess today, as Pastor Brian alluded to just a moment ago, there are people in this room today that uh, you're going through something. Maybe you're going through several somethings. How many guys know sometimes multiple storms hit at once, right? There are all kinds of storms in, in, in life. There are thunderstorms, there are snowstorms, there are ice storms, there are 
hurricanes, there are tropical storms, all these kinds of storms. And so it is just in, in our personal lives, there are financial storms, there are relational storms, there are health storms. And, and what I've felt in my heart, I know it's true in my own life and in our family, but, but as it relates to our assignment for today is that there are people who are encountering storms. And the enemy would love to steal your joy. He would love to destroy your hope. He would love for you to forfeit your peace. But there's a God who is for you, who wants to remind you that regardless of what you're going through, you can have peace in the midst of your storm. I was thinking even this morning, I want to commend you for even being here today, because for some, it is a, 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 a true testimony already, just the very fact that you made it to church, just that you made it here, because it felt as if all of hell was against you to try and come. I just want to affirm you, I want to encourage you and say, well done, just by coming and positioning yourself to be under the teaching of God's Word, and to allow the whispers of His Spirit to speak something very specific to you, because while this is a a message that is a timeless message, I believe for some, if not many, that God wants it to be a timely word for you, that you will leave this place today differently than when you walked in. So peace in the midst of a storm. We're looking at Matthew chapter 8. If you have your copy of God's Word, you can open it to Matthew, Matthew chapter 8, or you can follow along on the screen. We'll have the verses up on the screen. But in in, in essence, this is a story that captures this moment where Jesus and his disciples had gotten into a boat, and they are leaving Capernaum, and they are making about a five or six-mile journey across the Sea of Galilee. And as they are on their way, something that they were very familiar with, this this route and and going from one side of the Sea of Galilee to another, something that they were accustomed to, something that would be familiar to them. But on this particular occasion, something out of the ordinary happened, and I believe that we can learn from it and be encouraged by it. If you're ready for the Word of God, say, I am. Matthew chapter 8, let's look at it, starting with verse 23. Then he, he being Jesus, got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Verse 24 says, suddenly, come on, somebody say suddenly. Come on, everybody say suddenly. Because this is a description. This is a word that is giving us some insight and some understanding. This is not something that they anticipated. Some storms are forecasted. Some storms, you can know they're coming because you are a storm chaser. And here's what I mean by that. How many guys have heard that phrase before, storm chaser? I don't understand those people. I don't get it. I I cannot relate. I just pray for them. If you're a storm chaser, may the Lord help you. Okay, so there are some people that are storm chasers. I would say in life there are people who are storm chasers, meaning by their own choices, their own decisions, they are doing things, they are participating in things that will bring about a storm. So you don't need to act surprised. You don't need to act shocked. You don't need to say, where did this come from? You? That's where it came from. You did it. You asked for it. You signed up for it. Why are you acting so shocked that there's a tornado in your life? Because you signed up for it. But then there are other times, how many of you know that there's a storm that was unexpected? 
Now, meteorologists crack me up. Weather people, like, crack me up because they can be up there and they can say, hey, there's this huge storm coming. You get everybody freaks out, runs and gets milk, bread, you know, and generators and everything else. It's going to be a massive storm. We're going to get 14 feet of snow. The next day you look out and there's not even a snowflake, right? There's not even, like, frost on the ground. But if you're a meteorologist, that's okay, though. You, you can be wrong like that. Big Boy, we dodged that one. Anyway, moving right along. And it's okay if you're a weatherman. Now, if you're a weatherman, I'm not dogging on you, you're probably the best one in the Dallas area, okay? Let me just say that. But anyway, there can be a, a forecast and it doesn't come about. Sometimes it's expected that it's going to be clear, sunny, and everything, okay? But out of nowhere, there's this storm. In life, sometimes that happens. You didn't do anything to sign up for it. You didn't even see it cutting, coming. But suddenly, and that's what these fellows are experiencing here, something that they were not anticipating Suddenly, it not only gives us that description of suddenly, but it says suddenly a furious storm. What kind of a storm? A furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. A furious storm. Literally, if you look at this word, it would be the same word that we get our understanding of, of earthquake. So when you're reading this in Matthew, Matthew is saying this was such a severe storm is as if the earth was shaking. There was a quaking that caused these waves eight to ten feet high to come crashing. Oh, it came out of nowhere. And when it came, it came with fury. It came as if the whole earth was shaking. And then when you read Mark and Luke, you get this same story. But these guys use a different word to describe it. It would be the word that we would understand, tornadic or tempest or tornado. And so you put these pictures together, and as these guys are describing this scene, they're like, dude, it was like an earthquake. No, no, it was like a tornado. No, it was like an earthquake tornado. I mean, it was like craziness going on. It was a furious storm. So it wasn't minor, it was major. It wasn't insignificant, it was extremely significant catches them off guard. It's sweeping over the boat. We know that it's later in the day. It's nighttime. How many of you have discovered that storms always seem worse at night? It was so severe that these experienced sailors, we'll see as we go down through the text, they literally thought that they were going to die. Now, I don't know how severe you would describe your storm as being. There's sometimes we go through rainy days and we say, you know what, this is not fun, but it's not the end of the world. Grab an umbrella, get on with it all as well. You'll be fine. And then there are storms that come that when you look at it, you're going, this thing is really becoming pretty intense. Okay, now the house is starting to move. I feel like, like the house is about to collapse on. This is a severe storm. Then there are storms to where you begin to fear for your life. You don't know how you're going to make it through. You think about the doctor's report. You think about the scenario going on at work. You think about the relational tension. You look at what's going on in your marriage. You look at the relationship you have with your son or your daughter. You look at the choices that someone close to you is making and the, and the destruction that there's, that that's bringing on their life. And you just look at it and you fear. I do not see any way out of this. This is a furious storm. 
And what's interesting to me about this story is as you progress through it and you come to the next verse after describing how intense and how severe this furious suddenly coming upon them storm is, it says in verse 24b, it says this, but Jesus was, what does it say? Sleeping. Come on, let's just be real for just a minute. How many guys say that strikes me as just a little bit strange right there? Come on, because if not, you're not reading your Bible carefully enough. When you're paying attention to Scripture, you will find yourself at times that as you're reading down through a passage, you'll read a verse and go, mmm, that's so good, Lord. You'll read another verse and go, yes, I know that to be true. Thank you, God. Then you'll read another verse and go, God, that doesn't make a lick of sense right there. I do not understand what that's talking about. This would be one of those verses. A sudden storm comes on them to where you have experienced sailors fearing for their lives. And it's a furious earth-shaking, earthquaking, tornadic winds, waves. They think they're about to die. But Jesus was sleeping. And some of you are like, that's not strange. I get the brother. I know what's up. I got the gift of sleep myself. I know exactly what is. Some of you, you have the gift of sleep. My wife has the gift of sleep, especially if one of the babies is crying. I'm like, no, you're faking it right now. I know. You just want me to get up. But some of you have the gift of sleep to where there can be a storm going on, and it could pick up your house and move it down the street and put it back down, and you wake up the next day going, What storm? How many guys have that gift of sleep? You know what I'm talking about. And so you hear something like this, and it says storm, furious storm, but Jesus was sleeping. You're like, yeah. This is not a picture of Jesus having the gift of sleep. This is not looking at it going, man, the brother was tired. No, 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 no. This is not a, he was so tired, he was so sleepy, he had such an ability to sleep deeply that he did not even notice the earthquaking, earth-shaking, tornadic storm that was going on around him, waves coming over, splashing him in the face while he reclined in the boat. No, 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 no. This is not a picture of his ability to sleep. This is a picture of his divinity. What Scripture is showing us right here is this is a picture of a supernatural peace despite the storm going on around him. What does this tell us? Listen, you need to hear this. It tells us that we love and serve a God who is never intimidated by the storm. He's asleep because he's at peace. He's modeling, he's demonstrating this assurance that despite what is going on around him, all is well. It is a picture of his divinity. It is a statement that storms do not intimidate our God, that you can always, hear that word, always trust in him. You can always, always rest in him. Why? Because even when you're in something that is over your head, how many of you are thankful that it's still under his feet? Let that thought get into your spirit because you'll look at something and you can feel overwhelmed. But you got to know, even when you feel like you're losing all control, that the whole world is still being held in the palm of his hands. 
Don't you see how big our God is who stoops down to look upon the earth? He's a God who has it completely and totally in control in his hands. Even when you feel like it's all coming undone, Jesus is the glue that holds it all together. Here's a picture. You've got to let this get into your spirit. He is big enough to be over the storm, but he's close enough to hold your hand in the midst of it. Hear that. You're not alone. He's with you. He's in control. And you can be at peace. So it says in verse 25, the disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown, which is funny to me on a couple of fronts. Why? Number one, because you just woke God up and told him he was about to drown. That just makes me laugh right there. Anytime you're waking up, God, and I, I just picture Jesus going, thank you so much for waking me up because I didn't realize that the winds and the waves that I created were about to kill me. But thank you for bringing that to my attention. That part makes me laugh. But there's another part that's funny to me is this thought of these fellas and what they must have been going through because for number one, dudes do not like to admit when they are scared. That's just at the top. Ladies, you just have to understand that. So if there's something going on, everybody else is, is afraid. Everybody else is scared. But you see the family, uh, the, the fellas bowing up, you know, like, hey, let me just go and check on that noise in the kitchen. No, no, everybody, it's, it's all right. On the inside, they are freaking out. You just need to know that. They don't act like it on the external. But especially when you're talking about some experienced sailors, these are the type dudes So when they get back to shore after a storm, they're making fun of one another. Yeah, Joey nearly got sick. No, I didn't. I wasn't afraid. Yeah, your whole face changed. I could tell you were scared. No, I wasn't scared. These are the kind of guys who say, oh yeah, back in the day, I went through a storm that was so bad, it flipped the boat over four times, but I somehow turned it back over and kept fishing. I mean, these are the kind of guys who have those kinds of stories. So, it's funny to me that you have these men's men, these salty dogs, these experienced sailors, and they are in a storm that is so severe that now they are screaming like junior high girls, we're going to drown! This must have been a bad storm. So if it's that intense, it makes me wonder why Jesus replies in verse 26, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? When I read that, I think, for one, I know that, that Jesus never asked dumb questions, right? I mean, just right out of the gate. I just know, because I read that, and I'm thinking, well, these salty dogs, experienced sailors, been through all kinds of storms, but they say, this one, it's over. We're screaming like junior high. We're about to drown, and they're that convinced that they're about to die, and they wake Jesus up, and Jesus looks up and goes, why are you afraid? I know that Jesus doesn't ask dumb questions, but if he ever wanted to ask one, that would be a good one right there to ask. Why is he confused as to why they're so afraid. And I would suggest to you today, it's not because he's oblivious to the circumstances. It's not because he's unaware of what they are in the thick of. I would say, as a matter of fact, he is not rebuking them 
because of the reality of the facts. I would say he's not asking them to deny the reality of their moment. He's simply trying to draw their eyes to a greater reality. And it's this. Don't you know that if I'm in your boat, you're not going to drown? Why are you so afraid? Do you not see me right here with you? And maybe even let me flip that and say it a different way. It's not a matter of getting Jesus in your boat, but the real issue is are you in Jesus' boat? Because when you are in Jesus' boat, you can know you're not going to drown. I didn't say it wouldn't get scary. I didn't say that there won't be winds away. Jesus was not saying, what waves? What water? I mean, is it splashing him in the face? He wasn't going, I don't feel anything. I don't, I didn't feel that. He wasn't doing that. He wasn't saying deny the reality. He was saying, put your eyes on a greater reality. Yes, there's a storm brewing, but don't you see that you're in my boat? You're with me. And if I am with you and you are with me, everything is going to be fine. He says, why are you so afraid? I've got you. He's not saying to you, why are you so afraid? Your husband said that he's going to leave. Why are you scared? He's not rebuking you for natural feelings that you would have. If you're sad, if you are anxious because of a son or a daughter who's making choices and decisions and turn their back on God and running from God and you're pleading for them to come back to the Lord and there's strain on your relationship and your heart is broken. God's not looking at you and rebuking you going, I can't believe that you're sad. I can't believe that you're concerned. He's not rebuking you for natural feelings, but what he is injecting in your heart today is this supernatural peace that is a result of a faith that doesn't deny the current reality. It just fixes your eyes on the greater reality, and it's this, that there is a God who can pursue any heart, that there is no son, no daughter gone so far that the arm of the Lord cannot reach them. There's no doctor's report that is so severe, no medical, physical storm, health situation that is beyond his control or his ability to heal and to deliver. So he's not saying deny the reality. He's just saying be encouraged by the greater reality. I am with you. He says, don't you know I have the power to save you? And they're like, yeah, that's why we woke you up. Now look at verse 26. It says, then he got up and he rebuked the winds and the waves and it was completely calm. Have you ever tried to stop a storm? Like if you ever had a moment of courage and bravery or stupidity and you thought, I can take care of this thunderstorm. No, that's just crazy. Some of you guys are like, Scott, it doesn't even make sense. If there's some tornado coming, you don't run out in the front yard and get all bowed up and ready. You're like, no, 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 I took my baseball bat. No, you didn't. That wouldn't work. You don't say, I put on boxing gloves. No, you didn't even try that. You don't say, I know karate. Won't help you. You know that in the natural that you would not go out and try and stop a storm. But what does it say about Jesus when he addresses this furious, life-threatening storm, and check it out, he doesn't even have to work up strength to do it. Understand this. We serve a God 
who does not operate in the realm of difficulty. See, we do. This storm I think I can handle. This storm's going to be hard, but if I do this, this, and this, I think that I can over... Okay, this one is getting out of control. This one is beyond my ability. God does not operate in the realm of difficulty. This is a storm that, that we know we can help you with. Okay, this one's a little bit harder, but I think if I can convince enough of the angels to help me, I think that we can break through on this one. This one... You're hosed. God doesn't look at it like that. He doesn't look at your situation and think of easy, hard, impossible. God does not function like that. When Jesus is about to rebuke the winds and the waves, he does not muster up strength. He doesn't even loosen up. He doesn't say, I think I got this, but I'm going to need you to start chanting my name. Come on, Jesus, Jesus, louder. He doesn't try and work that up. One of my favorite things about watching the Olympics is just like pre-event. Have you ever noticed how they get psyched up? Anybody watch that? Did you pay attention to how they're getting loosened up? I love that part. You know, the camera's going in there. They're getting everything just relaxed, the ear, eyelashes, everything. They're trying to stretch. They're trying to get, whoo. Ah, ah, and that's just for gymnastics, right? I mean, that's not even like the real stuff. You know, all psyched up, Jesus doesn't do that. He doesn't brace himself. He doesn't, he doesn't, you know what he does? Here's how this life-threatening fury, severe, earthquaking, shaking, tornadic storm, here's what Jesus does. Shh. Come on, you know you are tough when a shh stops a storm. And that's all that he does. Why? Because there's nothing too difficult for him. And it says that the winds and the waves became completely still and calm. You see, when God speaks to your storm, he not only speaks to the root of it, but he can also deal with the result of it. There are some of you that the enemy would try and get up in your head and say, yeah, but you know what? You started this. You caused this. And now God's mad at you or you turned your back on God. So he's letting you deal with it and you're on your own. And I want you to know that the devil is a liar, that when you call out to the Lord, you are calling out to a good, good father who stands ready and desirous and willing and able to step into your situation and help you regardless of it. I'm not saying that in that moment that all becomes easy because I don't know how much time between their moment of awareness of a storm to the time they're trying to tough it out but it's getting intense and so now they're going should we wake up Jesus now they're like talking loud going well if Jesus was awake he probably now they're shaking him and now they're waking him up and now he's having a conversation with them why are you afraid? I don't know if it was 30 seconds, and I don't know in your situation if it's 30 seconds, 30 minutes, or three weeks, because sometimes God saves us from the storm. Sometimes God saves us through the storm. But I know this, that he's able to speak not only to the cause, but to the consequence. That you can have peace not only knowing that God is with you right now regardless of whether you asked for it yourself or it was something that suddenly came on you without anything on your own causing it. But now you find yourself in this moment to where, listen to this, God can help you right here and right now with what you're experiencing and any consequence that you may be fearing in the future. He can help you. He can help you. 
Some of you are battling addictions. You're bound by chains that you just feel like, I don't know if I can ever or how I can ever get free from this. I want you to know that when God speaks a word, chains have to fall. Sometimes you'll find yourself going through stuff and it's just so, so overwhelming. Uh, You'll just think, man, did I do something to deserve this? Did I bring this on myself? Or why is God allowing this? When he speaks and it was completely calm. The next verse says that the men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. I'm going to ask the worship team to come get in place. And, and I would just answer that by saying, what kind of God is it that I'm talking to you about today? He's a God who even in spite of us choosing or making our own decisions, he's a God of grace and mercy. And I don't care how dark the stain of your sin may be, how dirty, how perverted, how messed up, how rebellious, how far you feel like you have gone from God and now you find yourself reaping a whirlwind because of the seeds of sin that you've sown. I want you to know that when you come running back to the Father, you find that what kind of God is this? He's a God with arms wide open, ready to receive you and wash you white as snow. You can leave here today knowing that you are pure, that your righteousness, you have the righteousness of Christ, I would say, on your life. It's no longer about your mistakes and what you've done, but it's about what Jesus Christ did for you. What kind of God is he? He's a God of love and mercy. He's a God of hope. If you've lost your hope today, he's a God who can be with you and help you and restore hope. He's a God of peace. He's a God of victory. He's a God of healing. So the last few weeks, craziness in our home, and, and I just, my mind, I started just thinking, what in the world is going on? So, you know, one of the little, little guys, our two-year-old, ear infection after ear infection after ear infection, doctor says we need to put tubes in, okay, so do the little ear surgery, dealio, and he's still recovering from that, and another little kid, one of our daughters gets pneumonia, and he's so pathetic, you know, when you're watching one of your little ones struggle like that, and just high temperature and coughing and that whole thing, and so get her taken care of, and about the time she's starting to get over, another daughter gets pneumonia, and you're like, okay, here we go, and so that just keeps going through the cycle. I think that I was like the fifth one in the family to get it, and I'd never had pneumonia before, but I can tell you after having it, I've never prayed for the rapture so much in my life. I was like, Lord Jesus, come, please come. So while all this is going on, one of our daughters has to have double foot surgery, so she's in two casts, and and then Jordan, the little guy, you know, has to go to the doctor because he's having like this reaction in his body and this rash, and the doctor, pediatrician says, worst rash I've ever seen in all of my my, uh, practice, and we're like, well, of course, yeah, because that just fits with everything else going on in our family, so that's great. So he gets home, he's getting over that, so he's running through the house with a drumstick that was broken off as he's running, he it goes in in the mouth and and so i'm casey uh had to leave to go out of town to take one of our daughters for surgery i still have pneumonia but i'm trying to hold the you know dear jesus that's tough enough just with six kids if everybody was healthy and if i didn't have pneumonia but 
You know, so she's like, how are things going? And I said, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. That's all I said in the text back. And there was a point to where I, I was on my bed and I had to cancel some of the ministry stuff. And so the enemy was getting into my head. I say, man, did I bring this on myself? Like, are we uh, just as a family? Am, am I, am I, is my schedule out of control? And I'm thinking, like, if, if I don't go and do my job, if I don't go and preach, if I don't continue to minister... Like, that's affecting income, and now I'm paying all of these medical bills at once, but I'm having to stop doing the things that would provide income, and I just, I just started struggling in my own heart going, did I bring this on myself? Lord, is there something going on? And, and I almost said, what else could happen? But I stopped myself because I didn't want to know. I didn't want to know. And uh, my, my wife started playing this worship song. And it's the song that we sang just a few moments ago and Bear and the team were leading us. And, and it's this thought of we will not be shaken because we trust in the name of the Lord our God. And I would just encourage you, if you're going through the storms of life, stay anchored to his word. Declare his promises and his truth. I'm not saying deny your reality. I'm just saying put your eyes on the greater reality. We serve a God who's not intimidated by our storms. Hold to him. Worship him. Declare. And so as a family, we just determine, look, if this is a spiritual attack on our family, we're not going to shrink back. We're going to move forward. In our weakness, he's strong. And that's why I told Pastor Brian, I don't want to miss today. I don't want to give the devil the satisfaction of thinking that he knocked us out of the game. I, I asked my doctor, I said, when's the first day that I could do something without defying your orders before I could preach? And he said, man, you got to take it slow. I'm telling you, this stuff will latch on to you and be here for three months. I said, just give me a date. And he said, yesterday. You know, at that point, he traced it back yesterday. And so I told Pastor Brian, I said, I'm good. I'll be ready. I've got the clearance. And, and I couldn't wait. But it's not about my story. It's about what is God doing in your heart and your life. I just want to encourage you that he's with you and he's for you. I want you to stand to your feet. I want to pray over you, and then we're going to worship the Lord with this song. But if you're going through a difficulty, however severe the storm may be, and you just say, today, Scotty, I just ask that God would give me a peace. I need God to give me strength. I need God to bolster my faith. Going through something that's challenging, and, and today I just need this time in God's presence just to give me that supernatural resolve. Would you raise your hand all over the room? Just raise it up right now and just say, I need that. Yeah, I'm going to pray over you. And as I do, I want you to know that our God is not only omnipotent, meaning he has all powerful. I want you to know he's omniscient, meaning he knows all things. He knows best when how and where and he's at work in your situation you have no idea what's going on you have no idea how heaven is at work on your behalf right now you have no idea how God is setting you up how he's going to use this storm to tell his story people around you are watching and they're going to see a supernatural peace that it defies understanding and God's going to be glorified you will be sustained you will survive you will come through it God is with you 
and he is for you. God, I pray in the name of Jesus right now, Lord, that you would work supernaturally. God, I'm not asking for any small thing. I'm asking for something that is divine. I'm asking for there to be a peace that would defy natural logic and understanding. I'm praying, Lord, that there would be a joy that is unsinkable. Lord, I pray that there would be a hope that is unshakable. That right now, here in this moment, your spirit would begin to move and that people would be reminded that if they are in your boat, you are with them and that you are for them and they will not be shaken. We worship you, Lord, and we praise you for this in Jesus' name. Would you lift your hands toward heaven all over the room and let's sing this song. We will not be shaken. Come on, declare it to the Lord. Declare it as a testimony. God is for you. Let's worship him and praise him. At the end of every service, I always pray a biblical blessing over you that ends with a prayer for peace. And I'm going to pray that today, and I'm going to ask there be a special emphasis in my heart today on that prayer for peace in your life. I'm going to ask the prayer team if they would to come and make themselves available today to minister to you and your family. Let me just say this. If you... You sense this is a word for you that God has been speaking to you today through Scotty's living illustration of trusting God in the storm. I want you to know we provide people here to pray with you every week because sometimes you just need somebody to grab a hold of your hand and agree. The Bible says where two or three agree touching any one thing, it shall be done. And maybe there's a time for agreement. But I also want you to know that if there are moments where you just need to come and kneel, and be alone. There's empty space around the front of this building week in and week out for you to just come be with God before you leave so that the word that you heard doesn't just go in one ear and out the other, but it gets settled in your spirit so that what we're singing in worship this morning will be the anthem of your life when you leave as the winds continue to howl. Just be reminded if he's in the boat, if you're in his boat, even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, fear no evil, for He is with you. His rod and His staff, they comfort you. So Lord, will you bless them and keep them? Will you make your face shine down upon them? Will you be gracious to them? Will you turn your countenance their direction today? And will you give them peace? I pray that every week. 15, 16 years ago, you started challenging me to exercise the authority that has been placed in my life as a pastor. That there was power in my words. That there was power in my words to affect other people because of the seat that you have given me. And so, Lord, while I may not have influence with a lot of people, I believe I have influence with you. And I ask those things from you for them today. And Lord, they need peace. They need you to calm the storm. Bring them into the eye of the storm. Save them from the storm. Or walk with them through the storm. But ultimately, they need to know that you are with them. And I pray today they would sense the peace that is beyond all human comprehension today. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. These altars are open. The environment will remain worshipful. God bless you.
Thank you for listening to this message from North Place Church. Feel free to share it with your friends. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at North Place and on Facebook at facebook.com slash North Place Church. To watch the video of this message, go to northplacechurch.com slash watch.